Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. My name's Marcus Speller. My name remains Jim Campbell. I'm Diggity Daz. I'll be Pete D for a bit. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the preview show. What are we going to preview today? My goodness, we're, we're spoilt for choice. How are you, gentlemen? Is everybody is everybody shaping up okay? Jim Campbell, I want to hear your hot take on what you've been up to. I've been starting the Warnock for Gogglebox campaign uh, <laughs> in my own head, uh, launching it now, it would seem. Uh, I just think it's something the nation would enjoy. Um, just Neil watching the telly. With his with his little wife. Can I just jump in and say the idea for those of us, for those who came to a ramble live uh, and know the skinny on this story, and maybe I'll stick it out there for patrons at some point. Uh, the idea of Neil Warnock sat with a tray table on with Will Hughes watching himself on Google Gogglebox <laughs> is very very nice as a prospect. I like mm. that. So it could just be the thing we need to get us through these troubled times. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Pete D, what have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm just like a. I feel at this point in proceedings, uh, the football ramble daily is like a, a warm, comfortable jumper that you've had for a little while, uh, and it just gives you a sense of normalcy in these mm. troubled times. We're going to grow stronger. We're going to grow better, uh, and we're mm. going to. I'm trying to talk like a politician. I've got nothing really. I've got absolutely <laughs> spent time. I'm just trying to. No. Yeah, no, not there exactly. Yeah, no more testing, please. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, it sounds like um, question time last night. <laughs> Marcus, I mean, you gave us nothing. You said, what's happening? I was like, I'm, I'm doing a football <laughs> ramble, Marcus. I mean, that's all I've got, really. I'm in a box talking about non-football. Let's talk about the Korean League. That's starting, <laughs> that's starting up again soon. OK, well, I regret, uh, I regret um, bringing you back into the conversation because what I was going to say exactly. is that... Uh, <laughs> what I was going to say, speaking of normalcy and perhaps familiarity as you were um, sort of going on about, about jumpers and, and whatnot, mm. uh, the French football Go season has been called off and PSG are Ligue 1 champions. They've done it again, everybody. <laughs> They've done it again. Um, oh, yeah, it's all come up PSG again. <laughs> yeah. You've got to hand Gosh. it to them, and they have. They had a 12-point lead <laughs> over Marseille in second place. The decision was made after French Prime Minister Edouard Philippe suspended sport in the country until at least September. Apparently, there was that points-per-game system that was that was moved. To, I don't know if they actually used it or not. There was some slightly different system taking into account performance of clubs in matches already played and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but, but it's not just that PSG have been given the title. Toulouse and Amiens have been relegated with, uh, with Lorient and, and, and Long, or Lens, as we would say, uh, being promoted. So drastic action from, from Liga. We've not seen this uh, anywhere else, really, um, apart from in the, the lower leagues of Scotland. So again, the Scots and the French finding a bit of solidarity. Luke. So, so it's different to what was happening in, in Netherlands, where they've obviously cancelled the season, but they haven't awarded anything. And then you've got the Grafschap and Cambour, who are looking like they're probably going to prepare some kind of legal challenge as to why they've not been promoted. So I understand there's a situation where um, you can't really win, can you? Because one, whichever way you turn, there's going to have some. There's going to be a group of people mm. and, a, and a football club or two with their noses put out of joint. And so I accept that. But do you really need to give PSG the title? I mean, I don't <laughs> really think they'll get an awful lot of sympathy if they start further in legal action to, to League Earn and whoever is is on the end of it, saying that they deserve to be awarded the title when they've essentially financially mm. doped their way to a tit- to titles for years and years and will probably continue to do so in the future. I think the least the path of least resistance here would have been to um, to perhaps go down the Netherlands route. I mean, now having said that, to lose... Um, as, as Lars Sivertson was fond of saying on OTC, and hopefully will be fond of saying again, damn it, at some point in the future, uh, Toulouse um, <clears throat> is less a name of a f- football club and more of a description of what they do. Yes. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, blimey. Very Thank good. Very, very uh-huh. good. Um, I do, I'm enjoying the different interpretations of this sporting merit thing. Um, I wonder if the Premier League might look at that and say that, you know, because the current bottom three is Bournemouth, Aston Villa, and Norwich, and say, "All right, Bournemouth, Villa, you're not you're not going to be relegated, but Norwich, you have been shit, so you're going down. <laughs> You've taken the piss, to be honest. Yeah. So for that reason, we've got to draw the line somewhere, and we're going to do a draft for who takes Timo Pukki. 
because he, he deserves <laughs> to stay. He's the only one been doing anything. No. I fear it could be a Marcus Stewart situation with Timo Pukki. We know in that part of the world it's happened before. He's been, you know, obviously he was decent in the championship and all. They come up, he has Grant a great Holt. season. Grant, well, no, but Grant Holt yeah. wasn't as, like Marcus Stewart was ridiculous that season when, when um, Ipswich came up. And I think Pukki, but yeah, we, we, we remember Grant Holt fondly. And I'm, by the way, Norwich and Ipswich fans, I'm aware that Marcus Stewart played for Ipswich and not Norwich. Uh, okay, so that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> You've got to, got to catch yourself sometimes. Um, but yeah, it is interesting what the French have uh, have done there. So PSG have been handed the title, um, which will, you know, just just save time, I suppose. Um, in the Bundesliga, they're they're ready and waiting to resume. A decision by the German government will will take place soon, and that will determine whether football will be given the green light. Although the discussions have been delayed, so the earliest the Bundesliga will return is 16th of May, I believe. That you and Andy, as you've mentioned on on the continent, um, Luke, have discussed this. Um, the Spanish government has approved a protocol for sporting activity, so clubs will start testing players on Monday with training recommencing the following week. Uh, that looks like that's going to happen and they'll see how they go. But La Liga is hoping to be back in June, which leads us all yeah. very neatly to Project Restart. Uh, can I, before you before you get really excited and carried away with Project Restart, Marcus, can I say, <laughs> and, and fairly so, it's been slim pickings for us all. Um, mm. the, 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 it, the, the situation around Europe is, is an interesting one, I think, for two main reasons. One is that um, it, it really um, shows how that just because one country is doing this, it doesn't mean it's any more or less likely that another country will follow suit. And what I mean by that mm. is, um, you know, what's happened in France and Netherlands compared to what's happened in Germany doesn't necessarily inform anything that may or may not happen in England. And the second thing is, I think it is, I don't think it's been said enough, but there is a big difference between players um coming back to train individually or in small groups or following protocols or whatever and playing competitively again. It's a huge difference. Mm. And, and Andy was saying yesterday in the thing that I found possibly the most interesting of all, the, all that he was saying on the show is that there are a lot of players who feel ill at ease and don't mm. feel like they've been prioritised in terms of safety um, around this, particularly in France. Andy said that the, the players, a lot of players were breathing a sigh of relief that the season had been cancelled because they've got families, because they've got elderly relatives, because they didn't want to have to go to a camp for four or six weeks when perhaps they've got three kids at home and the, and the grandparents mm. aren't able to look after the kids or help with childcare or whatever. There's so many different things playing into this, um, which means that I do think we have a, a good distance to go before we before we get solutions to a lot of these problems. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting that the, that the French leagues have sort of just went, oh, just basically packed in because it, it, it almost relegates them to a lesser league uh, in, in, in grand scheme of things. Because obviously La Liga have got plans to get players back in training, Bundesliga, obviously the Premier League as well. Uh, but Ligue 1 in particular, there's clearly not as much money for, you would imagine, like licensing rights around the world. So that's why they're probably in more of a situation where they're probably prepared to reset in September uh, instead, of, in, in, instead of continue this season as best they can. So it, it does kind of in the psyche of everyone just sort of think, oh, no one cares about French football, clearly. And obviously it's a <laughs> well, big... It's a massive country and it's a, it's a big old uh, institution and there are a lot of uh, cogs in the wheel, but you'd think they would probably have kind of left a, a little bit later to, to figure out what the hell is going on. But, but it's worth pointing out that actually every single football association in every different country is, is now, um, it's had a real reality check about how much influence they've got in the wider world because that, yeah. that, that, that French decision... But it wasn't taken by the French Association. It's obviously taken by the government. And 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 what what the reality remains that if any government tomorrow says in any country there's going to be no more sport, there'll be no more sport. Mm. They can only yeah. they can only operate within the parameters they're given. So in, in actual fact, it's not in their hands anyway. But I, do, I mean, obviously, I do take the point. I understand what you're trying to say. But I'm I'm just saying that the, the, the football associations, respectively, in different countries, can't behave autonomously about what they do because it's not up to them. Mm, I quite like it. To me, it's. It's effectively a big Gallic shrug. I mean, PSG are going to win it, aren't they? <laughs> Let, let's go with laissez-faire. Shall we go with that? Yeah. yeah. Yes, laissez-faire indeed. Okay, so Project Restart is still being drawn up with the hope of top flight football returning in mid-June. Clubs are meeting today to discuss plans. So what will happen is after we finish recording this today... There will be some genuine news that we've missed out on, or <laughs> it'll be breaking news, no decision made. 
So one yeah. of those two things is is inevitable. But the, the, some of the chat is neutral stadiums could be used to complete matches, and there's rumours that uh, Prem clubs could have a vote next week over project restart. But I didn't. There's already didn't... a load of like WhatsApp, uh, you know, those like crappy kind of like bad. bad I always talk about JPEG compression, but those badly kind of formatted uh, little messages that go around WhatsApps. Uh, there's already like WhatsApp messages going, oh, uh, yeah, my mate uh, is uh, quite helping the FA, and apparently uh, they're all going yeah, to be going to St. George's Park. And, and anyone who actually cares a jot about football knows that A, they've got plans in place for St. George's Park. B, there is plans for them to get back training in like May 8th or something like that. C, it's all about government approval anyway. So like, it's mm. kind of like, well, it's not a leap to make this crap up, is it really? And just forward <laughs> it on. Jiminy yeah. Cricket. My, uh, my uh, wife's uh, mum's uh, daughter is, is a nurse's friend and, and she says that we're going to be in lockdown um, and, the, and the police are going to be on the streets uh, shooting people. Well, uh, yeah, oh God, I heard one of those going around where it was this woman going, it's going to be babies, it's going to be dogs, shoes. Stop reading the tabloids, Jim. Crying. Uh, you sent a few around spells in your time. Sent a few what? Sorry, go on, say something outrageous. WhatsApps, just sent a few few uh, uh, erroneous WhatsApps were written by an imbecile. Yeah, no, they, they were Very. written by me. I hold my hands up. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Very spicy between Pete and Marcus today, isn't it? It's really yeah. brilliant. We just haven't, we just haven't had sex for a while. I was going to say, <laughs> we, we miss each other so much that I think that uh, Pete, I always said it wouldn't work long distance between us and I'm being proved <laughs> uh, this, this time. Um, I love, I, I didn't, uh, this sort of passed me by, so forgive me if everyone's well aware, but the, the Premier League Chief Executive, Richard Masters, uh, has written to all the clubs about another meeting. I mean, it, is that how he got the job? He did, they just saw the name and thought, yeah, you'll do. Yeah, um, you sound clever. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but some, uh, some are quite worried about this, including the mayor of Liverpool, Joe Anderson, who believes it will be farcical to restart the league, which has slightly upset Liverpool Football Club because they're saying, well, hang on, it's not um, quite <laughs> not play <laughs> out as you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, meant to, you meant to be for the city here. Um, but there's fears that if the Prem does resume, we'll see groups of fans gathering outside stadiums and so on. Although one of the um, suggestions, if they do play games behind closed doors, is is that the grounds will be secretive. You know, we, we won't know where they're going to be, um, which of course <laughs> will be. We're going to be trying to figure it out on like Google Earth. This oh. is going to be like, be like uh, Annika Rice. Don't fuck with cats. <laughs> it become very apparent if if a match is being played at any ground, because presumably as soon as the footage starts, you'll be able to go, that's old Trafford, isn't it? Right, let's get down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the idea of a conversation where, where you, I know you said it was going to be secretive, but yeah, I mean, you haven't even told the players. I mean, I've, just, I've just had I've just had one matter on the phone. He's at he's at the Clackett Lane Services. You know where hey, he's look, going. Look, I'm just telling you guys a, a mystery kind of serial style podcast where we try and figure out which mobile phone tower's been pinged by I don't know, Virgil Van Dyke's mobile phone. I'm having it. I'm in. <laughs> It'd be good. Be like hunted. Be like that. The last yeah. bit hunted, where they've got to find the bit where they get away. But yeah, to, yeah. To, to my knowledge, the only neutral ground in the country is that little bit of Fulham's ground. So it, presumably yeah. it'll be at Craven Cottage. <laughs> well, yeah. well, the, well, one of the stands at Craven Cottage is, is no longer there. So uh, true. Oh, of course. It will yeah. Be, yeah, it'll be. It'll be yeah, it would, I mean, it would be very obvious anyway. Well, actually, I, I, I walked down there only last night and you can see right into the stadium now. So if they did play matches there, <laughs> All right, you then, then you I'll see it. you... Well, no, no, it's a lovely Thames walk, Peter. So if they do play oh, matches at, at Craven Cottage, I'll see you on the other side of the riverbank oh, outside the Barnes Rowing Club. I've yeah. seen everything. They talk about, um, there's a lot of uh, shots of, uh, obviously, uh, just because of the, this is how it works, um, a lot of um, clubs are currently replacing their... Uh, their um, I can hear an Algene uh, <laughs> uh, replacing their uh, their pitch at the moment because obviously this is around about the time they do it naturally anyway. Yep. So people yep. are going, oh, we're not going to start restart football because Bournemouth and Southampton have, have both removed their pitches. Like These pitches get replaced every single year at the same yeah. time and they're yeah. back within the week, so don't worry about it. <laughs> These not, are the same people that like track flights during... During the transfer window, don't they? The football detectives. Yeah. I love the football detectives. A <laughs> <laughs> oh, chopper just landed at St. James's Park and it's full of guys from like not round here. The takeover is on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Bournemouth's ground would be used as a as a hub if the if the um, the league was trying to restart. 
No. Well, I mean, I, well, I mean, they're talking about St George's, but St George's Park, aren't they? St George's mm. place because obviously they've got all the facilities. They've got loads yes. of different pitches. They could install the foot, the, the the video, um, uh, the cameras that they need to, to to install. Will there be VAR? That would be the question. That would be the interesting question. So last thing we need, haven't we suffered enough? <laughs> no, right? VAR yeah. under lockdown. It really yeah. has compounded the misery. <laughs> we didn't bring the league back because we couldn't get VIR up and running. I think St George's Park would be excellent because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's um, nobody can find it, so there you are. There's the solution. Nobody can con- congregate because it's because it's well it's well kind of protected, isn't it? So it's probably uh, it, it, that's yeah. probably the solution that they're probably going for, and, and they can keep everyone together. Am I missing something about St George's Park here? Is it some sort of fortified like compound? No, no, no. It's just in the middle of nowhere. It's well protected in the middle of nowhere. What has it got? Like turrets <laughs> and a moat? And <laughs> no, it's just it's got a really long drive, Jim. That's what it's got. All right. <laughs> oh, that'll stop it's, them. It's a bit. It's a bit <laughs> windy. There's loads of trees. And to be honest with you, if you don't if you don't drive, then you probably give up about halfway up the driveway so i think that's, <laughs> that's you jim you don't drive yeah yeah, no, you, I don't. yeah 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 no so I'll have, to, um, I'll have to sort of sneak in like a like a leads manager and have a little peek <laughs> on a long lens yeah it'll just be it'll be a football match no one there and just bielsa in some bushes <laughs> Watch, watching like spells the sagebrush bag the yeah. <laughs> it's weird isn't it bielsa's the one kind of man of that age you could find hiding in a bush and just not for a moment think there's anything perverted going on. <laughs> no, there is something perverted going on. It's just about well, football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. He's, he's almost worse, I would say, than an actual filthy... No, voyeur. stop no, it. Why? Stop why? Because he's, 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 he's just banging into football more than anything else. That's to love not football worse more than, than breaking the law. It is worse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Marcus, anyway, move this on. Donaldson's gone move mental. This on. It's, it's, it's his own fault. <laughs> it is my fault. You're absolutely right. Um, Antonio Rudiger has said that Liverpool should just be given the title. So, there you are. Do we just, just find every football, footballers every week <laughs> just say Liverpool should be given the title and that's news? Liverpool should be given the title. The people are saying it. <laughs> he's, lucky, uh, he's lucky that um, that Jose Mourinho is not still his manager with that kind of chat. Yeah. My goodness, he'd be in big trouble. He's probably he's probably in trouble yeah. with him anyway. Yeah, yeah he would probably be. had him on the phone. Like, oh god. <laughs> oh, One thing dear. that um, just to wrestle this back to some semblance of normality for uh, <laughs> listen, just for a couple of seconds, just for a couple of seconds. <laughs> One thing I read that really um, caught my eye earlier today was that someone at Arsenal was saying that um, if football does come back and it's played behind closed doors, and I think they gave a defined period of time that they estimated it would have to be behind closed doors for, Arsenal would lose £150 million in match day revenue. Now, I know Arsenal are up the top end of, of how much money they make from match days, um, but that does give you a really clear example of, of what clubs, even at the top level, will have to suffer through um, if they have to play games behind closed doors. And that's not even to mention, obviously, the difficulties down the bottom of the Football League and how difficult that's going to be. So it really is um, important to remember that this will affect, affect every single club. And, and what it also mm. means is, I think, that the very idea that um, there'll be some huge transfers for, for big money being made around this, I think are probably quite fanciful given the circumstances. And, and also you sort of think that, and also you sort of think that, well, if, 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 if you've got a contract with a club as a steward, I mean, I guess they won't, wouldn't be contracted uh, employees, but if you're working for a club and you've um, had to take time out, you're getting paid 80% of your, of your wages or whatever, um, and football comes back, but it's not at your home venue, presumably that just continues and you, and you and you don't get paid because you're not working where where, where you need to work etc but um yeah. I, i'm interested to see how, how it works with newcastle because obviously they gave away a lot of season tickets did they gain money out of this situation i don't really know yeah. <laughs> uh, well you, you know this, this, there's a couple of phases to it one is will obviously be this this the thing that you know the, the a-level um computer science project, Project Restart, will will <laughs> will be obviously a way of trying to complete the season. But over and above that, whether that happens or not, over and above that, beyond that, it'll be, say the season starts again in September, but we can't have mass gatherings for another six months. The, the teams will obviously be playing at their own stadiums, but there'll be no one there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Jim, you'll know more about this than anyone else. The, 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 the idea of, of Arsenal's matchday revenue is a really important part of their model. It's the same as Spurs. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And it'll be the same for a lot of big clubs. That's a huge dent in their finances. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, we've had Arsenal season tickets this year, and I feel like I could personally have spent 150 million pounds there um, if I just had <laughs> just on a meal a, deal, a beer and a 17 pound 50 brisket burger, 17 pounds 50 burger there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's of course it's going to be a huge, huge amount of money lost for everybody. I suppose like the match day stuff hasn't really been taken into account so far, has it? And I guess you're right. This is going to be the same for everyone. My worry is. Um, that the sort of super mega super clubs, the PSGs uh, and such, do still keep paying over the odds for players deliberately to make it then harder for other. Well, they won't be able to, to, will they? Because of FFP. Uh, uh, well, mate, well, I don't know. You would think that they wouldn't be able to pay two hundred and twenty-two million euros for Neymar, but they found a way, didn't they? So um, <laughs> true. Loaned yeah, him, I, I don't know. I think. It's, uh, it's you know, it's it's not that high up my list of worries. Um, but no. it is something that's in mind. <laughs> but Jim, on on that, you know, there, it's a fair point because there there has been talk of having to suspend FFP for a defined period of time, um, mm. because clearly clubs in clubs uh, revenue and all that kind of stuff is going to change in a big way. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's it's, it's the biggest, certainly the biggest admin nightmare um, in our lifetime, and it will it will continue to be the biggest admin nightmare until Pete finally submits his, his expenses. And um, <laughs> and so I am really the crash. Hit home. <laughs> you will be. You will be. So it's a huge. It's a huge thing with so many ramifications, isn't it? I mean, we we need the football back because all the all we're talking about at the moment is admin because there's so much of it. Yeah. Well, clubs clubs in the football league have been told that there's a huge possibility that the leagues will be cancelled, with fans not expected to return to stadiums until January. But there is there is chat now that the whole of next season will be played behind closed doors. That that is a possibility that that we have to keep in mind, which is, as you say, Luke, that is absolutely perilous for for so many clubs down down the leagues and people mm. talking about in the wider context, businesses will go out of business and 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 people losing their jobs is absolutely awful. And football will not be immune to this. Sadly, like I I sincerely hope not, but I I I just fear the worst for for so many clubs. It's going to change it in a big way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let us move on to uh, to Newcastle United um, once again, um, because Maurizio Pochettino is reportedly the man that Newcastle United's uh, prospect- prospective new owners want to manage the club should their takeover bid be successful. And straight after that, Poch came out and said he'd love to manage Tottenham again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that was really cute, by the way. Hmm. What do you mean, like as in? Well, he he did a little um, he did a little bit of um. He did like a little interview with, uh, I think it was on BT Sport, wasn't it? With a couple of um, other people. And he said that um, mm. his, one of his ambitions remains to um, to come back and, uh, and and win a trophy with Spurs because, you know, he, he loves the club and all the rest of it. And um, I just thought it was quite a sweet thing to say because um, did, you don't really oh, see right. an awful lot from, from, from that from managers. But the, the fun thing, <laughs> Marcus, you put in the running away, Jamie Redknapp has called for more respect for Steve Bruce. Has he been listening to the... <laughs> Has he been listening to this show in lockdown? Oh, I'll give a good football ramble daily a try. God, I hate Steve Bruce. Give us a mention, Jamie. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Put it on your Twitter for crying out loud. What I like about that is like they're sort of saying, uh, you know, the Pochettino is in, is in, the, uh, is in the running to be uh, the next Newcastle manager. Uh, and then he sort of goes, I'd like to manage Tottenham again. Obviously... He came in at a time where Tim Sherwood was managing the team and yeah, and yeah. changed the culture, changed the way the football was playing, got rid of everyone apart from Laurie Erickson and Danny Ross, I think, and Harry mm-hmm. Kane, of course. And and so, yeah, probably it would be a similar project. You go, what the hell is going on here? What kind of football <laughs> yeah. are we playing? What's going? The goal's over there, guys, crying out loud. Pete, do you, do you think as soon as that story bro- broke that um, Newcastle United's prospective new owners quite fancy Pochettino. He was on the phone to BT Sports saying, give us an interview. I need to get rid of this. I need to nip this in the bud now. And I, will, I, I would rather go and manage uh, in League One. I wanna, I've always loved Wickham Wanderers. I want to Coventry. I want to manage Coventry. Just get yeah. me out of this. I'm being linked with someone I don't want to be linked with. He's also... Um... You know, there's also been a bit of time for the dust to settle on on mm. Spurs and Mourinho as as a duo, and it's. I feel it's he's banking on this being a little bit like, you know, like Spurs have bumped into their ex, as in Pochettino, with their with their new their new squeeze, and they're having a row in public, and it's wow. all very undignified. <laughs> and he's thinking, you you sure you've made the right decision here? You remember what you're missing? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be Did living you- in a hotel with my staff. 
You know, <laughs> you know, you know. Tim Sherwood uh, piped up as well this week and said that um, yeah. Newcastle fans only want Benitez or Pochettino instead of Bruce because it's sexy and fashionable to have a foreign manager. Did he say that in his sleep? I've got a few points on this, Jim. <laughs> Jim, look. One, um, Pochettino is definitely sexier than Steve Bruce. He's yes, definitely yep. more fashionable than him as well. Uh, Rafa Benitez, perhaps not so much, but mm. I don't understand the point he's trying to make when you're kind of you're kind of trying to say that someone isn't sexier or more fashionable than Steve Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> but it just seems like also, a weird a weird comparison. There, there are two <laughs> two managers who are, I think it's fair to say, proven in England. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, such yeah. a, it's such a ridiculously archaic opinion, and it was it was never relevant. It was never true. But here he comes. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like kind of like Alex Ferguson going, "Oh, where's he managed before Japan?" It's like he's looking at his nose going, "Oh, where's he managed before the Premier League in England?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's he done before? Oh, a Champions League trophy. <laughs> oh, what's he done before? Oh, almost won the league with. Spurs. I mean, it's like it's like it's not it's not exactly the most compelling argument you could make there, Tim. Given that he one and of them it, replaced you and the other ones won the Champions League. And I tell you what, if you've ever seen a picture of uh, Rafa Benitez when he's a young guy, oh my days, Google and oh yeah, he great. Search. Oh, and you, you know, obviously we're going to do time we're going to, we're going to do time tunnel a bit later. But oh, the, yeah. the other week when we did a time tunnel and we focused on Tim Sherwood, the one thing we absolutely forgot to mention, and so we should do it now, is do you remember when Tim Sherwood was weirdly obsessed with his own win percentage? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that's right. He kept saying in every interview, fifty nine and a half percent win percentage. So <laughs> yeah. you know, look yeah. at that. Fifty two percent about that. Fifty-two percent win percentage, thirty-five percent win percentage. Yeah, and he just stopped mentioning it after that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Well, well, speaking of fashionable and sexy, Alan Pardew has left his post as uh, ADO Den Haag manager. One win, three draws, and four losses. You work work out the win percentage there. Could big pards (laughs) become uh, in vogue again back into England? We shall wait and see. We shall, we shall wait and see with our fingers crossed. Yeah. The, the, great, the great escape artist has done it again. All it took was a, all it took was a worldwide pandemic for him to uh, avoid relegation. It's like, it's like someone said on our Discord, who'd have thought bringing in Omar Bogle on loan would have meant yeah. that they wouldn't have uh, done a better job of trying to survive in the top flight in, 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 in Holland? Oh, dear. Would you like a David Moyes update? Because last time... Yes, uh, please. Yes, I thought you might. last time uh, <laughs> I thought that would get everybody. Didn't even back wait for the answer; he just went straight into it. That's what I enjoyed. Do you want a David Moyes update? Is what's happening? Is what's happening? Yeah, that was you, you boys had already walked before I'd uh, uh, produced the red card there, which I do appreciate greatly. Well, last time, of course, he uh, was was delivering uh, uh, groceries and whatnot to to older people in uh, his community or his village in, uh, was it Lancashire he was living? Or so, so, certainly up north. Um, David Moyes, he, he phoned 86-year-old West Ham fan Iris Burrows after she recovered from coronavirus, which is delightful. Moyes is sort of oh, saying, you know, well done, I hope you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. She'd been, she's been watching West Ham for decades. He, everything, he, I, this, Moyes is, is, uh, is doing, he's doing some great stuff. You can't deny during this lockdown phase. I agree. I, th- I think he, um, he's, he's clearly... Um, getting involved, wanting to be remain part of the community, doing doing the right thing. I mean, we do to be honest, we do give David Moyes quite a lot of stick just because That's I mean he is quite fertile ground for co- for comedy. But <laughs> I think he probably does seem like a decent decent type and, and it's nice to mm. see this kind of thing happening because um particular we, we gloss over it. I mean I think all of us on this show are, would would describe ourselves as pretty fortunate in, in in light of what's been happening. Um but for older people and for people who, who can't get out much anyway or is and people who are less, less fortunate than us, it's probably bloody horrible. In fact I know it is, particularly if you contract the virus. So it does it does you know it is worthy of respect that David's gone out there and doing doing what he can do. And and, and to be honest because last week Jim went to town on David to such an extent that he started yeah, comparing yeah. him to uh, uh, what was it, a human skull with flames coming out of his head. I think it's only fair that we dress the balance. <laughs> well, if I may have the floor, um... <laughs> I would like to do the caterpillar. <laughs> you say that he seems like a decent guy, but we don't know what he said, do we? On the phone, you might have gone, yeah, it might have been a... like a crank yeah. call. Just because yeah. you're an old lady, don't think you won't be getting a slap. For example, you know, it could, could be something he, he might, might have just, said. He might just have been heavy breathing. Yeah, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Just try, I'll just try and give him a bit of, bit of respect for doing something nice. But fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a quick break. 
Welcome back to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. It's now time for emails with Petey D. You email show at footballrambledaily.com And now Petey's reading it out. Well done. It is time for emails with Petey D. As that jingle just admitted, it's painfully clear. If you want to get in touch with the show, it is uh, shortfootballrambledaily.com. Hello to Steve Hewitt, who's got in touch. Good day, gentlemen. In this time of repression and gro- uh, gloom, uh, gloom uh, I have uh, <laughs> taken to watching uh, London 2012 on DVD in the attempt to feel better about the universe. Mm. The, uh, the hockey came up at about disc four. I want to see your house, Steve, that you've still got these mm-hmm. DVDs kicking around and you're on disc four of the DVD of London 2012. And the uh, great God Bar- Barry Davies blessed my existence mm. once again. I think we could all uh, improve all future international tournaments 150% uh, by simply forcing all commentators to speak to us via a terrible telephone line and mentioning classic literature once every 15 minutes or so. Ramble horse, Steve Hewitt. I do miss football matches commentated over really shoddy copper wire phone lines. Oh, it's so glamorous back. It looks so mm. good. It's, it's so good. <laughs> I, I, I think we should. If, we, if it's, it's going to be a lockdown version of the Premier League, we should be allowed to vote as to who we want commentating on uh, on the football. I'm going for... Uh, John, uh, Jonathan Green, maybe. I'm trying to think who I would have as like a dream commentary uh, kind of team uh, on the Premier League. Peter, you know that um, s- s- someone once told me, I forget who it was now, but when they on their first day as a football reporter covering a game, this is obviously years ago, um, mm. in the press in the press um, room, the great Brian Glanville um, was uh, obviously been doing it for, for however many years, decades and decades mm. and decades. And he is obviously very old school. And despite the fact that by this point, people were plugging their laptops in and, and sending their copy, he was still <laughs> at the end yeah. of the row on the phone, <laughs> phoning in his copy, uh, reading it down the thing to a coffee taker. And I just thought, that is glamour. That is like proper yeah, John nice. Lacare stuff. I absolutely love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it is, but it depends, you know, is the person on the end of the line really old school as well? Or is it some absolutely harried intern going, oh, Oh my God, this skill set <laughs> yeah. no longer exists in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you commissioned a few pieces in your time, uh, Luke. You must have seen a, a varying degrees of uh, people who are familiar with computer technology. Yeah, I have. Uh, I mean, do you, what, do you want me to name and shame? Um, <laughs> yeah. Depends on how spicy it is, I guess. <laughs> um, I remember I, was, I edited uh, Andy Brassel for, for years and uh, <laughs> he, he, he wasn't very fond of, uh, of doing anything else and they just banging over a Word document and letting me take care of the rest. So I will name and shame him. There you go. What about right, that? Okay. Brassel. Well, well, I mean, so, so Brassel's brilliant then. So that's what we're basically no, saying. Brassel no, because, is... what, because, because look, without getting into the, into the minutiae of, of how right. it works these days, particularly with online yeah. publication, you're using CMSs. There's different bits of HTML to be included. You've got to tick mm. boxes. You've got to do that. If, so a lot of writers will go in there and do all that themselves and drop the copy and no. say it's ready, for, it's ready for you to check. But not all of them would do that. Look. I wouldn't trust you with a hit. I wouldn't trust you with a cascading style sheet. I'm not being rude, Luke, but you're not very computer literate either. I'm just, this is this is the, the blind leading the blind, leading the Brassel. Normally, I'll expect that, but when I'm on the same show as Jim Campbell and you're saying that to me, that's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> He's hurt me there. Uh, got an email from Scott Whitelock. Uh, live football is back. The Korean K-League is back on the 8th of May. So he's awarded each of us a K-League uh, team. Uh, Jim. Jim, you've got FC Seoul, so that's the team you're looking after. Capital-based nice. club, obviously, that the rest of the country has no time for. Used to be decent in the past, but are now a bunch of useless, pathetic idiots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know parallel. what? So, yeah. I like it. I feel at home there. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Um, their support base think they are much better than they are, so I'm sure Jim will feel right at home. It'll also be the ideal opportunity for him to dust off his uh, Park Chu Young shirt and once again cheer for <laughs> former Arsenal legend. Uh, you, uh, Gyeongnam uh, FC is Luke's South Coast team, who aren't quite an island nation, but are quite close to a few islands. Finished <laughs> second uh, in uh, the top tier in 2018, only to be relegated to the second tier next year. Pete, how uh, do I spell that decline. so I can um, so I can uh, follow them? How do I spell it? Gyeongnam. G- G- uh, Gyeongnam, it's a it's a it's a, a G Y E or N G N A M F C. 
Right. Uh, Marcus uh, has got mm. the airport team. Uh, I think that's, yeah, Incheon Airport is, uh, is, is Seoul's airport. Uh, Incheon United. Uh, Sven interviewed for the vacant uh, managerial oh. role over the winter, but unfortunately didn't make the cut. The gorgeous Swede oh. might not be there right now, but at least there is something there for Marcus to spar for. The I didn't gorgeous Swede. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, doing much spaffing, uh, right? Uh, I've gone for uh, I've got uh, Suwon Blue Blue Wings. Historically, one of the best teams in the country, but have suffered a serious decline thanks to stingy and awful owners. They've also got the loudest and most passionate sports in the league, but I'm yet to see one of them punch a horse in the face. They are also the team that I support, so we can win and lose, and most probably lose together. Hope you'll be watching when the league picks up again. Keep the hard work uh, up, lads. You've kept me going during our so- during our uh, social distancing in Korea. A Barnsley fan living in South Korea, Scott. We've all got our teams. Pete has got Sue on Blue Wings, Inshoney Light for Marcus, Gyeongnam uh, FC for Luke, and also FC Seoul for Jim. And that is the final word on the emails this week. Very good. I enjoyed that. Nice one, Mr. Man in South mm. Korea. I'll keep an eye out for him. Uh, so, yeah. so Pete, yeah. they, uh, is, is Korea, what, seven or eight hours ahead? Uh, yeah, you, it will be four in the morning. Though. <laughs> for a midweek game, I could probably get up and, and watch him in the morning. Uh, yes, I think you probably could. Yeah, that's that's true. But I don't know. I don't know what the. Well, have a look at the fixtures. Have a look at the fixtures. I will. I, a, I will. I'll take this very seriously. Mm. Yeah. Before we get on to, to time tunnel, did you see, gentlemen, that uh, you know uh, Thomas Partey, who plays for Atletico Madrid, yeah. his um, his agents have have had to apologise and delete a social media post because they were asking fans to vote for his next club. They asked the people to pick his club. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. They asked people to pick his club from a choice of Manchester United, Arsenal, Juventus, Bayern Munich, and PSG. Jim, you must be delighted that Arsenal are in there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talk about it. His, his dad has mm. been talking up Arsenal for, for yeah. a move, which is how things are done now, isn't it? Um, yeah. so, but Jim, um, did, did you vote for Arsenal, though? <laughs> no, this happened. I, I absolutely would do, um, but I don't think he's going to come to Arsenal. Uh, but yeah, or I mean, this, is, this is madness, isn't it? This is just this is where things are going. Game's gone. Game's gone, guys. You say it's madness, Jim, but I say it's the future. And yeah, um, right. and the thing that is great is that it's not a coincidence, is it? That it's not a coincidence, is it? That um, that his agent haven't put out some kind of average clubs in there. I mean, Arsenal yeah. aside, obviously, um, because because. Because they obviously want him. I mean, what do they think could become? This is the thing, right? This is why it's so 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 funny. Because they are the people he's employed to make good decisions for him. Yet they've thought this is a good idea. Yeah. If that were me, I'd be on the phone saying, "Right, well, you've shown that you can't be a good agent, so I'm leaving now." That's that's yeah. not happening anymore because I don't want to have to think about this kind of stuff. The tail is wagging the dog here. This is the kind yeah. of sort of thing I would do. And what happens? What would? What was the plan for when the poll was over? Would they? pick the winner and then approach them with it going look the numbers say that you should sign Thomas party next oh Jim next next Twitter poll how much money a week do you think Thomas should be earning <laughs> A 200 grand B 300 grand oh dear me do we think um, do, do we think Diego Simeone might have had something to say about this or I don't know Maybe. yes probably yeah. with his fists <laughs> yeah god I imagine Thomas party's ears are still ringing <laughs> yeah, his words assault you. I know that wasn't him, but in that case, it would be. Yeah, no, his fists assault you, I think, is uh, yeah. the quote for Diego Simeone. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, gentlemen, I'd like to bring to the table Dave Kitson. Yes, um, that Kitson. is well reminded, Marcus. That was something I def- desperately wanted to talk about this week. And, and I unwelcome dinner party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there, there, are, there is a one quite well-known reason why Dave Kitson isn't as popular as he'd like to be. And I'll let people fill in the blanks on that. Um, the very the idea that blanks. he... Yeah, the very idea that he thinks that <laughs> he could be the best person to run the PFA, given what his career has been done, doing so far. I just thought it was very, very funny. And uh, I've had a few texts. This is Luke's Wicked Whispers. I've had a few texts from PFA members since this happened saying, Dave Kitson, this PFA guy, lol. So I don't know God. if it's going to have many legs in it. God, if, if lockdown has taught us anything, is that footballers are clearly very bored that they're texting Luke Moore stuff. <laughs> they're always bored. And not just because they text me. <laughs> you up? <laughs> this is what I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, footballers texting Luke. Luke, you are, you are a baby step further towards sitting on a panel with Jim White on deadline day now. Saying what we've heard that this person's been oh, I'd love to this. see that. Do you, want me, do, you want, do you want me to read out one for you? Put a yeah, dildo in his ear. 
<laughs> I've got one here. I've got one here. It just says, uh, you okay, hun? That's from, um, that's from, uh, that's from Raheem Sterling. Stay strong, mate. <laughs> I've got another one saying, um, uh, oh, new number, who this? That's from Clint Hill. Yeah. Check out, check out uh, this meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I think, ladies and gentlemen, we're ready to go into the time tunnel. <laughs> oh, welcome oh, to Time Tunnel, everybody. Pete, did you choose this week's Time Tunnel? I did. Uh, oh. Very quick. I, I chose it on my birthday and I was a bit drunk, so I, I, I level with the only <laughs> listen to the first 20 minutes. Um, That's what anyone does. De, yeah, <laughs> Il Sauvete Regardez Son Visage, which I I think is... I, I'm fairly certain I named this one and I think it was supposed to say... Just look at his face. Um, but it actually says, just look at your face. So my French clearly <laughs> wide of the mark there. Uh, but it was the birth of my uh, of my nickname, uh, Diggory Donaldson. It was back in uh, the 26th of August, 2014. Uh, we sounded so much more youthful five, six years ago. Uh, Scottish independence was, of course, uh, big on the agenda. Uh, Luke mm. chose Terry Butcher for Scottish PM, which would have been a, 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 a wildly unpopular uh, choice. Get him away from me. <laughs> it was just really nice to hear how um, Spurs put uh, put uh, QPR to the sword. It was obviously Pochettino's, uh, I think, first match in charge, or certainly one of the first matches uh, in charge uh, uh, for Spurs. Uh, and everyone was talking about uh, Dyer's um, Portuguese footballing heritage. We don't really talk oh, yeah. about that quite so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And but uh, yeah, Pochettino might be the man to bring this, bring all this talent Spurs have together. So that's. That's pretty and pressing, he was, I think, for the football for ramble. He was. Yeah. yeah. So well done, you guys. Pete, did you... Is this correct? You, The Diggory thing came from the fact that your dad wanted to call you Diggory. Is that right? Yeah, he was very much on the... Yeah, I don't have a middle name, so I don't know why he didn't even just put it in the in the middle. But no, he was very into... It was either Diggory or, or Peter. It's just not a name. His brother's called Ralph. Is That's not a name. <laughs> well, how's Ralph? it spelled? Ralph. I think it's like, I think it's like Rafe, but... Northern, but Ralph in the <laughs> northeast is like a you're a dickhead, like you're you're an effing Ralph, you know, you're an idiot, and 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 he's literally been called an idiot from birth. <laughs> he's dead. Wow. Oh, Peter, that's like that's like when um, Neville Neville, he was, was a terrible Phil man. Gary's Phil and Gary's and Tracy's dad, Neville Neville, isn't it? Isn't mm. it the story that um, the reason he was called Neville Neville is because when he was born. His mum was, uh, I think, under some kind of duress because she had just given birth and the dad was tasked with naming him and he had to get back to work. So he just called him Neville Neville. <laughs> yeah, that was that's the story, isn't it? That he was too busy. Anything. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. There are plenty of names. Stephen, Bob, Michael. I mean, there's three. Anything. But they'd be better than Neville yeah. Neville. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great David Bowie song. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to Time Tunnel, I was um, I was quite pleased to uh, to reconnect my my brain with um, Joseph Manala, if you remember him, the the, the Cameroonian forward, and uh, he joined Lazio, and there was talk that he was sort of eighteen, but he 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 looked. A lot older than that, shall we say? Yeah. And Bari um, had had just confirmed that they'd got him on a one-year loan deal, and so there was much chat. And I don't particularly want to talk too much on the sort of age thing because I understand that that can be, you can get into quite distasteful territory and uh, where it could lead up on one extreme kind of thing. Like Tim Westwood has this week. What Tim Westwood's been involved? Yeah, not in this. Just distasteful ter- territory with age. Right, oh, okay. Right. Right. I see what you mean. <laughs> I thought, what? Tim Westwood's come out of lockdown, and started giving some some big some big haymakers. I, I missed this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think we're all on on, on trouble ground because I think on last week's um, uh, masked winger, uh, one of the clues was my country doesn't exist anymore, and someone said a Nigerian footballer. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, right. hang so on. A couple, so no, a couple of Nigerian fans, so a couple of Nigerian emailers uh, emailed in, going, "What the bloody hell?" <laughs> but, but they could have been born in a different country. They could have been born somewhere different couldn't they but also as well you know as we have displayed over and over and over again sometimes you forget the sometimes (laughs) you forget the previous clues so it'll be i scored 25 goals for my country and and then the next minute you go it is edwin van der sar you know like don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway manala (laughs) is now 23 years old and he's on loan to Qingdao hung hai in china that's where he is 
obviously but the thing the thing football. the thing so w- w- when we talked about Manala before I, 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 yeah. I can't remember this specific incident I listened to this uh, last night I can't remember mm-hmm. specifically what was said but the, I think the because if you go back and look at news reports because that made news that Joseph Manala made news in this country at that point yeah, yeah, yeah. for exactly right. the reasons you're talking about Marcus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think the the reason it was it was of interest is because he was Allegedly, he was he was there saying he was seventeen, and and, and mm. there was there was a subsequent investigation, and it was found there's no further action required, and he is what he says he is. But the rumor was that he was actually forty two. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It, and it, that yeah. is a massive <laughs> discrepancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a twenty five <laughs> year difference, which I think does merit yeah. sort of some kind of comment. It was absolutely outrageous because if you looked yeah. at his if you looked at his physique, he he looked. Um, you know, to proper sort of six pack. You know, he's he, he looked like an athlete, and I thought to myself, unless you're Clarence Seedorf, like very few forty-two-year-olds can achieve that. But I remember yeah. the acid test that Pete suggested. I think this is maybe during one of our live shows around that time. Was Pete was saying they were doing all these tests, and you just need to say to him, "Have, have you heard of the fine young cannibals?" Right, you're forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was born through a time tunnel. <laughs> So he just came out older. <laughs> and actually, yeah. you know, it, it was, I'm sure we all remember this picture, but if, if you don't, it's worth a Google because it was the idea that he was 17 was ridiculous. But do you remember that picture of Diego Costa when he was a teenager and he also looked like a sort of grizzled war veteran? Yeah. So sometimes mm. people just w- weirdly look older than they are. Any footballer in the 90s like who played mm. for like West Ham, Julian Dix, <laughs> he looked about 50. <laughs> Dix, don't let me say that. <laughs> he'd quite like looking. He'd quite like looking about fifty now, wouldn't he, Julian Dix? I'd be all right for him. <laughs> but I don't know. I just because he's literally fifty-one. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Just got to be careful about saying his name in case you upset him. I always feel like Julian Dix could tie you in a knot. Yeah, and just like leave you somewhere. <laughs> don't say his name three times into a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> he'd throw you over over your shoulder like a regimental soldier. <laughs> 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 he'd, boot you in, he'd boot you into the distance like it was a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. All right, everybody. It's now time for the Masked Winger. Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. Oh, while that music was on, I was just sort of thinking about Julian Dix's penalties. Beautiful. What a mm-hmm. what a penalty taker that man was. Uh, right, uh, almost fittingly, uh, the clues this week have come from a man called Thomas Cluett. So oh, very go. good. Yes, not too bad, is it? These are nice and simple. Got to keep them nice and simple. We are recording at distance, so we're going to rattle through these. There's around about uh, nine of them. So let's get involved. The Masked Winger, people. I was born on the 6th of July, 1974. Stop. Is it Sir, is it Sir Bobby Charlton? You see? Sometimes you forget <laughs> the previous clue. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to point out that he is a winger this week, so uh, look out oh, for Oh, interesting. I, oh. I have 84 caps for Brazil, scoring six goals. Jim. Mm. 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 Ooh. Denilson. Nice, Jim. Denilson. Nice oh, guess. Nice. 84 is probably Ripped. a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> My clubs include Real Madrid and Hamburg. Hang on. I can think of a Brazilian player that played for Hamburg, but I can't remember his name. Oh, my God. Stop. Oh. It's not... Luke, sorry, Luke. It's not graffiti. Oh, that's Wolfsburg, wasn't it? For fuck's sake. Oh, unlucky, Luke. No, it's not. It's have a goal, mm. but, but well done, mate. Um, my honours include the Copa America, Bundesliga, and the Emir of Qatar Cup. Oh, saucy. That could be anyone. That could be anyone. Come back, Pete. Are you getting the guitar ready, Pete? <laughs> Jim. Ed Elzinho. It's not. It's not him. No, I made him up. Not, no. So <laughs> it sounded it's, good. I was thinking to myself, who's well that? Done, <laughs> well done, mate. Well done, mate. You've defeated a shit quiz. Uh, <laughs> I was named. I was named in the World Cup 2006 All Star team. Oh come on! Stop! Go, stop that! I can hear that. Wait, who's doing that? Who it is that? It was me. 
It's oh, me. Peter, <laughs> agent <laughs> of chaos. <laughs> Final Stop. clue. Oh. Is it Alex? It's, it's not, not Alex, Alex, no. There's, there was always an Alex in there somewhere, wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> not the defender. <laughs> you, said, <laughs> but you said there was there was nine clues. That's a bit about yeah. four. Two, three, to be four, fair. five, six. By by nine, I meant six. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll add, I'll, add, I'll add three in all at the same time. He is a man, he has legs and hair. <laughs> I played, oh, this is your final clue. I played over 150 games for Bayern Munich. Oh, uh, Luke, it's got to be um, uh, Zay Roberto, isn't it? It is Zay Roberto! Yes! Wow, just getting a Jim and Marcus. Would you have got that if you had like two seconds more? Probably not. No, I, I, but as soon right. as Luke said it, I thought, yes, that's definitely the right answer. But no, I, I was done. I was done, bro. <laughs> He's kind of an underrated Brazilian, really. Yeah, he was a good player. The thing that threw me was the 84 caps, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have pegged him as having anywhere mm. near that amount. I thought he would probably right, be down in the 40s, okay. maybe. Right, okay. I was um, I, I was uh, looking at, uh, I think we were talking about on, on WhatsApp uh, th- this week, I um, I got a Ural Reds uh, t-shirt in, in the Tokyo J-League and the name on the back was Washington. I, was, I thought, I wonder who that was. And we were talking about like Washington, the footballer. Uh, and Luke, you said you remember him almost getting into the one of the one of the World Cup squads for Brazil. 2002 World Cup squad, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. You're Check not out right, what, yeah. like, what Washington, the Brazilian footballer Washington. Uh, his mm. full name's like Stakanella, um something Washington. But he's 45 now. Look mm. at his goal record. I think yeah. Fenerbahce passed on him because he, he had a heart condition. But he has scored a ridiculous amount of goals wherever yeah. he went. Uh, yeah. And I think he manages. I think he manages back in Brazil now. But what a f- his, his record is like 300 games, 200 ga- 200 uh, goals. It's incredible. And like obviously not the not the highest standard, but wow. The problem, yeah, as I say, the problem is he scored goals wherever he went. The problem is a good percentage <laughs> of those clubs weren't very good. <laughs> don't be rude. We all don't need goals, rude. don't we? Yeah, uh, that's the end of the mass winner. If you want to get involved with the show, if you want to get your uh, clues in, it's uh, glold at footballrambledaily.com. G L O L D. I know that's confusing, but what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? We, we all need goals, ladies and gentlemen. Um, little reminder before we go that we shall be watching Dan, Dana, Dan, goal for Pete's Film Club on Monday. Forgive <laughs> pronunciation there. Um, uh, and on greatest, ga- <clears throat> excuse me, on greatest games tomorrow. We've got Sasha Goyunov talking about a huge match that decided the 1989 Soviet top league, which, of course, not that long. I think it was a season or two before it was broken up by the breakup of the Soviet Union. So uh, a fascinating encounter that game was. So so get your lug holes around that lot, everybody. Um, but until then, thank you very much uh, for listening to the preview show on uh, Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. And thank you, Luke Moore. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Warnock for Gogglebox. Thank you, PED. Thanks, bye. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you very soon. This was a Stakhanov production.